to Deep Tissues. I'm your host, Sasha Gray. I'm another one of the hosts, <laughs> David Guy Levy. <laughs> and on this episode of Deep Tissues, we have our fantastic guest, Ms. Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell! <laughs> Welcome, Zoe. Thanks, guys. Today we again have Ariana, Sandra, and Marcia working today. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Pretty Hello. relaxed. I'm all right, thanks. So are we thinking of doing a little lighter massage today? I uh, guess so, yeah. I'm pretty sore, actually, so. So what area are you thinking, like neck? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of sore from here up sure. from the neck. It's really stiff. Do you have Pilates okay. today? I did. So whatever like you some would recommend. Like some form of power Pilates that are very new to me. Yeah. Okay, thank all you. All right. So let's just uh, talk about the elephant in the room uh, for us, to everyone listening. Uh, just moments before this uh, recording, uh, Sasha, you were in a car accident. I was, and you sound way too happy about that. Well, I had <laughs> nothing to talk about today, so this is just taking like a third what, what of the show I, off. What am I, nothing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way to insult our guests. We uh, thought wait. today was going to be really boring, so I'm we really glad you were in a car accident. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> you know. What, uh, what occurred, Sash? I was on my way here uh, to the studio. It was probably only five minutes away. And it's like rush hour. And I was turning left at an intersection. And some the, the oncoming traffic was at a complete standstill. And uh, there was a guy in the far right lane who didn't stop and smashed into my passenger side. Oh. What? A and you're, are you okay? Do you, do you feel like uh, battered and bruised? Or it was scary. I, I, my body sort of whip my entire upper body whiplashed onto my uh, driver's door. Oh, man. Sorry oh, if I God. sound a little whack right now because it's... You've just still been shaking around. up, and I was literally. You're suffering from around. a major concussion. No big deal. <laughs> Sasha, truly, everyone just walked in here and got right on the table. So this is very cool of Sasha. Professional. Thanks for being patient with us. But uh, you've been hit by a bunch of cars, I'm sure, in on film. Me. You once rode a car like on the outside, for uh, in death proof, right? Didn't you ride on the roof? I rode on the roof and the bonnet, actually, aka the hood. Okay. Um. And I have been hit by a number of cars. It still sounds weird even to me to say that out loud. But um, one of my first jobs was being hit by a car on the uh, our local soap in New Zealand. And I just remember saying to the coordinator, is there a technique to this? Like, <laughs> And he, he said, we'll start off slow um, and we'll get faster. And the main thing you have to remember is just to lift your feet. I was like, like jump, and he was like, if if you need to, but just don't let your feet go under the car. I was like, oh my god, stop talking, you're scary, terrifying. Yeah, one of those moments where you're like, this is going against every instinct in my body to look at a car that's coming towards me and not get the fuck out of the way. No, that it it was it was pretty frightening. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Me too. I'm impressed you came here. It's yeah. it's strange in the. All of the thrills I've had in my life, this is pretty high up there in terms of being scary. Like, I've sat on a 
I thought you were going to say coming to work for a massage. <laughs> and that, too. I was like, really? That's that's impressive. I've sat on an alligator. What? And, like... On purpose? Oh, yeah. And that was nothing compared to just being hit right now. I've never been hit like that. I mean, living in was Los Angeles... Was this a Angeles, tame alligator? Is that a... Is, that not, is uh, an alligator farm? Can we expand on this alligator just for a moment? Yeah, I think I need some more information on yeah. the alligator sitting. Alligator sitting? Yeah. I was in Thailand. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. You were what? In Thailand? Yeah, I was in Thailand <laughs> shooting for a TV show. G4 was still on. and um, Is G4 not on? No. Oh, okay. Syndicated. Nothing original anymore. Uh, Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're in Thailand. Yeah, we're at a an alligator farm. And... Uh, is a quite amazing place in the in the entrance it was filled with old rocks, stones and minerals that this owner imported from all around the world. What do they grow alligators for? What purpose? They didn't really say. Yeah, that's and oh, we I fed them chicken amazing. and then there was another area where there was these trainers who do an alligator show and um there was no shows that day cuz the park was pretty empty, so they just demonstrated what they do for a show and they said do you want to do it is, is that not the same thing as a show oh they would normally sit on the alligator yeah so they oh. volunteered me to sit on the alligator and touch his tooth that's sweet of them so he wasn't <laughs> he was still sort of wild even though he's in captivity it's an alligator of course it is yeah and there was one that was pretty rambunctious and that's not what you want a rambunctious mm. alligator oh no no, they weren't. I mean, they're tamed, but they're still alligators. Yeah, not in a rambunctious one. Except that one, he couldn't just—he just couldn't get it together. <laughs> just couldn't sort of shit out. <laughs> and you were there voluntarily, so can't complain too much. Yeah, I did that, but I didn't let the elephant pick me up. Really? No. That's like not that bad. How how is sitting on an alligator less yeah. uncomfortable than being picked up I by feel like a on the spectrum of things? There was just this weird logic I had in, had in my head that the elephants were too smart and emotional, and I saw. I think it was because I saw one elephant by itself, and he was just perpetually dancing. Because that he made had, him scary. No, like he'd been abused so much. Oh, so they're like I see. former circus elephants. Things like that. Oh, it wasn't that you were scared. It was more that you felt like you were exploiting the elephant. Yeah, but not the alligators. But alligators can get fucked. It was okay. <laughs> Growing up as a child, my, my parents were wildlife filmmakers. Uh, so I spent uh, some time uh, in my earlier years uh, living in the bush uh, of Kenya and Tanzania. And uh, I know a few people, or I knew a few people, who've been trampled by elephants wildebeests right. wow so it's you know it's there's a lot i mean and that's just like an, an everyday thing there you what guys, happened to philip I, oh i haven't seen philip lately philip's his rifle down at the wrong moment so yeah so uh if i wasn't getting an amazing massage i'd go home because you guys are out exciting me right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm like Meant to be like stunt woman extraordinaire over here, and you're like sitting on alligators and well, speaking about growing exciting. up in a safari. What the hell? I know <laughs> this is before my space voyages. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, 
watched Rays last night. That was way more exciting than anything we're talking about right here. Oh, go on. So, so you produced it. Um, I was one of four producers, yeah. And uh, there was how did this come together? I, I have assumptions, but you might as well just, just tell um, us. I don't know. Are your assumptions funny? My assumptions could be <laughs> funny. I thought, you know, it was such a great idea, especially for uh, indie, high concept, low budget kind of thing. You know, you, you mm. have very limited locations, but high action the whole time and and the concept and and the way the story was set up it it was it was a game uh which you know i've experienced uh with making movies about deadly games and so i was already in and then uh you know just a lot of combat so i and and there's a lot of people who have a stunt background and so my assumption was you guys wanted to make a movie and you had the perfect idea for that situation and you said let's go see if we can put it together but is that true um, <clears throat> by the way, this massage is awesome. <laughs> I'm having trouble concentrating. I'm like starting to zen out a little bit. Um, basically, Josh and the other two producers, Kenny and Andy, sort of, well, Josh approached me early on. They'd had the concept. It was sort of, it was in short film form at the time. And they originally approached me to sort of coordinate and choreograph and, um, sort of coming for a, co- a cameo at the end. So the short film was the whole beginning of the film right up until the end of the first fight. So I was going to come in for that fight and then the short would finish. Okay. Um, I sort of passed on it because I had a bunch of other stuff on and I was more interested in kind of building a platform of acting stuff that, mm-hmm. rather than continuing doing stunt coordinating and stuff. Um, so I thought I was passing, but it turns out I was negotiating because <laughs> they came back and were like, we really want you to, you know, play. Would you be interested in being a producer? Um, and I just was instantly on board because it kind of excited me being able to have opinions. I mean, I always have opinions, but I was excited at having them be listened to. <laughs> yeah. Um, opinions at the highest level. Opin- yeah, yeah, opinions yeah. That, that got to be heard and discussed, you know, or debated, depending. Um, and so then we went, we set about shooting the short and we were a couple of days into the short and I can't remember exactly how, but someone leaked something to Dread Central or one of those awesome websites and a little bit of buzz started and I don't know, we knew just enough to not know enough to know that we shouldn't just go, why don't we make a film? Yeah. So we went, why don't we make a film? <laughs> um, and decided that we needed a script, wrote the script, had the script written over Christmas and then <laughs> went about finding that's not money. That's like sadistic Ebenezer Scrooge. Wait, you what? You had someone working over Christmas. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't go home <laughs> to their family. No, you won't. And no, we won't pay you. Because <laughs> we can't. Merry Christmas. Um, and so that was sort of it. So by the time, I don't know, it all kind of, I hate how abused the word organic has been, but mm. it, and it sort of implies that it came together really easily, which is not the case either. But it did sort of evolve. Um, and Kenny and I were both, from the get-go, all about having fights that were... Good. <laughs> trying, trying to think of the right words to use. Um, so it was good. It was nice for me to have someone on board. He he was all about the fights. He was. He's like, if I'm going to do an action fight, an action film with female fights, 
I don't want to disappoint the fans. Yeah. And I was like, I can totally agree because I feel like I well, would be the Well, you've developed a reputation of being known for what you do too. So, like, you want to make sure you're not letting down your fans. and. Oh, totally. And yeah. not just that. Like, it would be embarrassing for me to do a shit fight film. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, it's cool because they all seemed very versatile, all the fights. Yeah. Not repetitive at all. Oh, I'm glad you say so. We I mean, That was another thing we decided. I feel like the two sort of... We were walking a fine line on and, and on either side of the slope was on one side was sort of a women in prison film that we could have very easily slipped into, which is not a bad thing, but we were we were intentionally trying to avoid it. Um, and the other side is sort of like your typical tournament fight, you know, yeah, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something with where it's karate versus kung fu or it's the nunchucks versus the staff or. Um, and we wanted to avoid that. So then we definitely came across the issue that was, okay, all the fights are going to take place pretty much in the same small space. The girls are all wearing the same costume. How do you keep it? You know, there are no weaponry. There are no fight styles per se. So it just became down to the experiment for us was, can we find these characters enough that that alone can sort of... Um, inspire a fight style from each of them so you know phoebe grew up on the streets and is like a crazy criminal scrapper woman so she fights from that place cody's never really been trained to fight she's small so she's got this weird sort of like um like crab stance you know crabs kind of raise up <laughs> their legs, or like a praying mantis kind of stuff um and so it was kind of really about working with the girls who are so dedicated we were so lucky. These women are so, like, three weeks in advance, they were all on their own dime and their own time, getting in shape and training and going through choreography with myself and James Young. And so everyone was in the spirit of it then. Yeah, and you know why I've realised since is, I mean, A, they're all consummate professionals, and B, as these women, they were all so excited to be given an opportunity, I mean, as much as they were doing us a favour because we couldn't pay them nearly what they deserved, but they were so excited to be given an opportunity to play roles like this because they're, um, they're just not really out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was sort of, it was mind-blowing to me the amount of work that they they put in. I mean, I, I put in, my workload was in finding and kind of bringing to life Sabrina because obviously acting... I'm newer to um, the action stuff kind of I breathe it a bit whereas these girls have all been acting as long as I've been fighting you know so we sort of switched so did you find uh, as far as just trying to find acting work that people just wanted a face and then they were just they weren't utilizing you the way you wanted or and you, and you said you know like I can do it all and what you mean that they would use me for just action and not yeah like acting like is that a hurdle that you really just constantly Found yourself coming across until you were um, able to make that transition. Or yes. Like, yeah. Very definitely. Um, the, to make it less black and white, yeah. it, it's a hurdle that I have to jump less and less. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a hurdle that actually required me jumping at first, <laughs> which took me a while to realize it was walking into a room and asking people to believe in me, or not even to sort of see me in a light that was, um, oh my God, it's so hard to concentrate with such a good message. <laughs> 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 um, 
I keep hearing myself hesitate between words. <clears throat> um, I would talk more, but I can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to get the giggles. It's going to be awesome. Um, that it used to be I was walking into a room and sort of pleading with people to see me a certain way, as in, you know, capable of acting and bringing emotional chops. Well, I can relate. I mean, I produced for 10 years before someone said, okay, you can direct. Yeah. And they didn't say it. I sort of said, I'm going to direct. And Yeah, but not, do you feel like you... too uh, many people walked out of the room, but, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, I think it's still like pushing your own boulder up the hill when you want to make these big changes. Yeah. Well, and did you feel like you believed in yourself as a director the whole time? Yeah, or? luckily. I mean, I have a lot of friends who don't, and, they're and you know, and I, I just want to tell them, like, it's really going to be the day you declare it. Yeah. No one else yeah. is going to declare this for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, and mine was almost, mine was less declaring it like, I'm an actor. It was more like, and I think Ray's was sort of pivotal. Obviously, all of the projects leading up to Ray's were as well, but where I actually felt like I I considered, I identified as being an actor, as opposed to like a jock stunt woman who was sort of given a chance and, and maybe wasn't supposed to be where she was. Well, you were correct because you're a good actress. I thought you were about to say because you weren't supposed to be where you were. <laughs> Someone should tell her the truth. <laughs> Get her back there. <laughs> yeah, and it's just noticeable, like, just the way I – it's not even a conscious way I carry myself in a room. It's just now when I hear about a role that sounds super interesting to me, I want it as opposed to wishing someone would think I was good enough for it. Yeah. How Now how, because I think we all three kind of share this in common. We all started in one place and want to move forward and expanding our talents. Yeah. Um, now when you, when you say that like, okay, here's a role I really want. What's your approach? Do you try and contact a writer, a filmmaker or have your management or agents do it? Like, have you found an approach that works best for you and getting in there and, and sort of fighting for the role you want? I feel like oh, I'm just sort of open to whatever. F oh, God, I was about to use the word organic again. Shoot me. <laughs> whatever feels the, like the, I don't know, path of least resistance. I don't mean like the easy, lazy way. I mean the way that feels most natural, you know, like if I know someone that's involved on the project, and I feel like it would be a comfortable place for me to be like, dude, this role means heaps to me. I would love you to be – if there's anything you could do to get me in front of X, Y, Z, yeah, then then I'll go that route. If it feels, like, unnatural and awkward, then I'm a big fan of not pushing friendships into strange workplaces. Oh, of course not. Um, simply – well, not simply. There's a bunch of reasons why, but – the main reason being it makes me feel really gross, <laughs> you know, that I, like, I don't... Well, uh, you know, I've been there too, and I've had friends push me places, and I, I'm afraid to say no, and then yeah. when uh, it doesn't work out, there's that whole, are we still friends Yes, moment, exactly. You know? So, and I think the other thing is, on the other side of that, is getting really good at being like, you know, because I have people coming to me, being like, I've got this project, Quentin's going to love it, I'm like... 90% of people that are Quentin fans that have made anything think Quentin's going to love their shit, you know. <laughs> and we all hope it. But it's an, I've had to balance that side too that is, especially if it's an actual friend of mine coming to me, then it's like, basically I came to this conclusion with Quentin, I was like, how do I deal with that? Because I don't want to be the asshole who's just going, N I don't want to be your bodyguard around that stuff. 
but I also don't want to be bringing you endless amounts of stuff and driving you nutty, you know. And he said what a really wise thing. He just looked at me and was like, you read it or listen to it or watch it or whatever first. And if you genuinely think that my professional life or personal life would be improved and I really would be missing out to not see it personally as friends, then talk to me about it. I was like, hey, okay. That's that, a really I know, good way it to put seems it. so obvious when he said it. I was like, God, you're quite smart. Speaking of Quentin, uh, for people who aren't familiar, you've had a long professional relationship with uh, Quentin Tarantino, the, the film director and writer. Yeah. Uh, how did that sort of come to you? And uh, it's taken you through a couple projects uh, with him. Yeah. Um, he's sort of, he's solely responsible for having sort of shifted the direction of my life quite drastically twice. First time was I had come from New Zealand. I was on my way to Canada for three months, recce. You know, I just wanted to go check it out and see if I could work professionally over there. Everything in New Zealand had sort of shut up shop after Xena and Lord of the Rings and everything. Um, And I stopped in L.A., a woman by the name of Amanda McKayley, she's this awesome award-winning documentary maker. She's rad. Was making this documentary about myself and another stunt woman, Jeannie Epper, who used to be Wonder Woman stunt double back in the day. She's also Whoa. a rad. This is Double Dare, right? Double Dare, yeah. So I'd stopped over here because I thought Amanda might be able to help me sort of cut together a showreel. See, in New Zealand, I'd never had a headshot. I'd never had a resume. I was just, if you wanted the tall girl who could fight and flip, that was me. Because <laughs> there were four of us, two shorties and two tallies, basically. Um, and so I was on my way here temporarily. I, I can't even remember the details, but we found out about the Kill Bill auditions. And uh, I went along to that and actually kind of fucked it up a little bit because I was... Recently in America, and I was all excited to have been hanging out with stunt people, and they've got, like, trapeze in their backyards. Hold on one second, Ariana. Just get in there. Just <laughs> fucking... Ditto. Right up in that get fucking... Uh, get that blade right there. so good. Go crazy. All right, back to you. Sammy. Back to me. Um, well, yeah, you can get in there, too. <laughs> Feel free. Hips are good. Um so basically, I ended up at this at the audition, um, exhausted because I'd been training all morning, and I just don't think it was real to me. I just, I, I'd never really auditioned before in my life. I there was no way I was actually auditioning for a Tarantino movie. That was just too weird. Um, and I walked in the door, <laughs> and uh, to the gym where they were training, where the auditions were being held, and uh, there was Daryl Hannah, aka Splash, and um. Ethan Hawke, a.k.a. Reality Bites, sitting on these exercises. So do you call people by, like, their best film roles? Uh, only those two people, because that's what happened when I walked in. I was like, oh, my God, Splash. Oh, my God, Reality Bites. <laughs> that's literally what happened. <laughs> you got to understand, I was from New Zealand. I'd never seen anyone more famous than Lucy, and I'd doubled her. So, you know, like, it was... It wasn't even a shell-shock moment. I mean, a starstruck moment as much as I, like... Where am I and what am I doing here, you know? And uh, I walked in and auditioned and fell on my ass a bunch of times because I'd exhausted myself in the morning. And I guess the Chinese fight team were experienced enough to be able to see through my exhaustion to the fact that I had some level of experience. 
And Quentin, I think, just liked that I fell on my ass so many times and laughed about it and kept going. <laughs> and I think that combination got me the role on Kill Bill. That's amazing. Yeah. And then you did both those movies? Yeah, we actually, you know, when I first read the script, it was one script. It was just called Kill Bill. Oh, that's right. And then they split it up. Yeah, they split it up. To my understanding, they split it up, you know, like months into shooting. Basically, Quentin just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. And we were like, well, let's maybe we'll make it two movies. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he kept, where's her second contract? He kept getting good stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hang on a minute, actually. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was that was pretty epic. So instead of going to China, I went to – I mean, instead of going to Canada, I ended up going to China. Wow. Uh-huh. Kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. So you had a similar uh, Sasha uh, sort of moment. How how did I never talked to you about this? And I've known you for years. How did uh, how did you sort of find yourself in the Steven Soderbergh moment? It was Where, strange. Yeah. I uh, I had been living in LA for maybe six months. I how mean, long ago was it? It was about eight years ago to the month. Wow. Um, I had moved down to LA a little over a month after my 18th birthday. Started doing adult films. I knew it's what I wanted to do. Uh, many people listening probably know that. David, you know that. Um, I don't think I knew that. It was something I'd planned for for like seven months. I saved up all of my money. I did a lot of research on the industry. Doing and... which part of adult films? I'm trying oh, to be per- really subtle and Sorry. stuff. Like, no, it's okay. Uh, I wanted I wanted to perform in adult films. So no shit. I um spent a lot of time thinking about it, and I I finally made the move. And um, so you'd only been here seven months. You said before, like six. I was here for like six months. Actually, my third month here. This journalist from Los Angeles Magazine uh, contacted me on MySpace. So when MySpace was so still MySpace huge. was still a thing. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and he asked if he would he. I was interested in doing uh, a seven thousand word article. Blah blah blah. I said okay, why not? Wow. On, on what? On your experience of the work here? Yeah. So you've been here three months, and you have an LA Weekly uh, feature. Uh, LA Magazine. LA yeah. Magazine, even cooler. And um, he said, "You have to be really serious, and dedicated. You know, I need to spend a lot of time with you." Um, please don't flake on me. And he actually ended up flaking a few times, which was funny. Um, so LA right now. And, uh, <laughs> that feature came out and I was contacted this, like a month or two after it came out by Brian Koffelman, who is a writer and director and has worked with Soderbergh on several projects. And, uh, he said Steven Soderbergh was casting a new film and wanted to talk to me about it, and I thought it was a joke. So I said, oh, yeah, have it sounds him. like such bullshit As if you would. say it yeah, out loud. Exactly. So I said, well, why don't you have him leave me a voicemail? He'll <laughs> <laughs> leave me a voicemail. Trick. And, like, here's my – I had a landline at the time, so here's my home phone Because they existed then, too. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, if you can have him do that, then I'd – be happy to take a meeting i'm sorry if i'm coming off as an asshole but you have to understand uh where i'm coming from he said no problem and then of course like the same week i had a voicemail and i met with soderbergh at warner brothers they were just finishing ocean 13 at the time and going into pre-production for che 
and uh, he said, well, if you're interested in doing this film, I want to know you're okay with doing improv and not knowing a lot about the story, the character, yes, but not like the story and trusting me to sort of direct you during the process. Well, not to knock adult film. It's not like you cared about the story a lot before that moment because those, those stories are never, you know, groundbreaking narratives. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I love that Soderbergh's asking if you're okay with trusting him. I know. And, well, and I was also a huge fan. So yeah. to me, I was like, Psh, of course. Like, um, if, yeah, if you want to light me on fire, just tell me where to look. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, and he said, well, I was 18, so also he said, I want you to be a few years older as well, have a little bit more experience, real world experience under your belt, and then we started filming a couple years later. Like Whoa, so, th- okay, oh, so there's a, a lot of time. Oh, he yeah. He was planting seeds way in advance. Yeah, so there was always wow. that. I We kept in touch, I kept in touch with him, with the casting director, Carmen Cuba, and with Brian Koppelman, and they would send me articles, they would send me uh, blogs that women would write, and, uh, you know, so we we all sort of kept in touch over the those two years before we started filming. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> that's, that's a development process. He so did you do any other kind of preparation for it in those two years leading up? Uh, You know, I kind of, I just tried to keep in touch, and they would just send me blogs that, uh, the movie is called The Girlfriend Experience. It was about a high-priced escort. Uh, so they they would send me blogs that real-world escorts would maintain and keep anonymously. Cool. Um, Can I see? Will you forward me some of those? Yeah, if I still have. I mean, there's probably thousands more now. It's going to uh, be fascinating. I'm really of, impressed that we've got such good masseuses. This is this is not, not a joke massage. This is... Really, really good. <laughs> is that Marcia? What kind of is she doing a deep tissue or what's she doing? I don't know, but it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, Sandra, uh, do you feel anything from the car accident? In uh, well, you can tell the dent. Yeah, she's definitely tense. She's feeling in her feet. Oh, really? In her feet. Weird. Definitely the right side too, for sure. I was shaking like crazy. Oh, there's some, um, Sandra, if you want, there's some essential oil. Uh, I have one called Peace and Calming that might be good for her. Oh, yeah. And also another one called Deep Relief. Both of those would probably be good. Uh, yeah, I could add that to the bed. I could do some Deep Relief. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best job I've ever had. I mean, yeah. am I only allowed to come back when I've got other projects? No, you, just... you can come. We want people coming in and out like it's a neighborhood restaurant. Well... Your neighborhood restaurant's a little far from my neighborhood, but, oh, that's I, right. but I will happily come in and out. I don't know. You're a West Sider? Yup. No. Yeah. Are you holding that against me? No, I just, it's basically another city. Yeah, it's kind of like a different state. <laughs> like, if I cross the 405, I'm bringing an overnight bag. <laughs> For safety. Just in case, yeah. And that's not because I think I'm going to score. That's just like I'm going to find like, I'm going to find a friend's couch rather than drunk drive. Smart. Have you uh, discovered the powers of Uber? Since Fuck yes, I have. Uber's the bomb. Well, we have no good transportation system. Except so for, for years Uber. I was breaking the law and being really irresponsible. And now... <laughs> now... Now I'm being City's less fault. irresponsible. City's fault. Blame it on the city. <laughs> I 
I had this experience when I first came here because drunk driving in New Zealand is a, a total no-no. And we like when I was younger, we had these crazy ad campaigns, and the catchphrase was, "If you drink, then drive. You're a bloody idiot." <laughs> but they would have this ad that would come before it that was graphic. You'd see this guy like not looking where he was going because he was a bit drunk, and he'd hit this little girl on a tricycle, and you'd see the girl bounce up and over the car, and you'd see the mum crying. Whoa. I mean, they were, and they, but they were effective. Like, friends don't let friends drunk drive in New Zealand. It just doesn't happen. They, they did a really good guilt trip. <laughs> um, so when I first came here, I was just like, no way, you don't drink and drive, especially in a massive city like this. And at home, it's very normal. If your friends get wasted, you confiscate keys. It just happens all the time. So I confiscated some friends' keys here, and uh, it kind of it went down like a fish milkshake, really, <laughs> really badly. And um, she started yelling at me, and because she was drunk, and being like, "Blah blah, I drive better when I'm drunk." Blah blah blah. Whoa. Yeah, and like you don't get to control me. Something something. And, she, and then she said, um, "Oh, what did she say?" She said something. It was like. Well, now Gary's going to drive his car, and if we crash, it's like she basically made it like it was going to be my fault if they drunk drive Gary's car instead and died. I was like, whoa, screw you, buddy. Here's your car keys. <laughs> it's on you. I cannot be responsible for you driving under the influence. Yeah, it's like the word. I've heard that before. People using the excuse, I drive better when I'm wasted. I mean, what kind of reasoning is that? Well, you can use it when you're talking about playing pool. I definitely play pool better <laughs> when I'm wasted, but that's not like, like, I'm not holding other people's lives in my hands exactly. at that point. No, that's so we great should, we should probably take this moment to say we don't endorse drunk driving. Right. No, I'm definitely anti it. That's why we do endorse Uber. Yes, Uber or Lyft. Uber. But I'll never be caught dead with a pink mustache on my car. Uh, that is just the silliest branding move I've seen. For for a long time, I was like somehow struck as like a breast cancer thing. That's what I thought. But or- it was a mustache, and so I, at one minute I was like, maybe it's prostate cancer awareness. Like, no, that's what I, I thought ma- it was for men. Version, yeah, the man version of breast cancer awareness. Okay, uh, if, we're, if we're talking apps, Zoe, have you experienced? We are now. <laughs> Tinder. Have you had any experience with Tinder, Zoe? Have you seen Tinder? No, or do you I'm know what sort it is? of fairly recently single, and a friend. It's so funny you say that because a friend was like, "Man, you should try Tinder." And I, well, it'll crush your soul, but you should try it. Well, no, because here's the thing. See, and I, and I forget to think about it. I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens, and blah blah blah. And another friend of mine was like, "You can't do that." Because people will recognize you. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, oh my yeah. god, that never occurred to me. Can you imagine how creepy that would be, though? I know that's true. That would be bad. It's, uh, it's an it, it's an interesting experience. Have you? Well, I'm ever kind of sad that it's probably not going to happen for me. It would be an interesting social experiment. I mean, have you played with your friends? Yeah, I've had a go of the, like swiping right and all that. Oh, that tickles. <laughs> I was talking about Tinder, not the message. No, I'm kidding. Um, it made more sense to me when it was kind of like a there's someone in your neighborhood who wants to shag behind the behind the shed kind of app. Yeah, like it makes sense for that. But now that it's sort I'm of, sort of disappointed it hasn't ended up there. Well, I feel like because what's the gay? Because I love the grinder. Grinder's sort of is grinder's the, the gay version. Yeah, yeah, and I've always heard about it from my gay friends as being a little bit more like 
you know, you put on a beacon that's like, I'd like to get laid, and anyone who else has got a beacon in the neighborhood, you know where each other are. That's I have of... been in Dodger Stadium with a group of guys, and, and one of them would get up for a hot dog and come back two minutes later and be like, I just got laid in the bathroom. And I'd be like, what? He's like, Grinder, it's amazing. And then, like, pull out Grinder, and I'm like, I didn't even know you were gay. But, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go get a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I was like, literally. <laughs> but I feel like Tinder's. Maybe is kind of I don't know. I always thought it was more like that, but now I hear my girlfriends using it more like it's a serious dating. dating. Tool. Yeah. So I feel like somewhere in the middle, it's now it's now like a weird, half the people superficial are be dating site. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like people, girls specifically, use it to get free dinner. So like they have no interest in actually dating a guy. They just want free cocktails and dinner. Exactly. And they'll do lunch and dinner dates in the same day just you know to cover what? all That's, their meals. You could spend your whole life tindering and feed yourself all, all week. <laughs> it's great that our noses get stuffy because it covers up from the fact that I was crying like a bitch. Uh, uh, What's a bitch cry like? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dad. Where's my dad? I don't know. What do you think of Tinder? Have you been on it? Me? Yeah. Uh, at first, I was hoping it would be like finally a grinder for straight people. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then, uh, and then the women uh, came in and ruined and it. And then all. people, yeah, and then <laughs> feelings enter the equation. You know, once you bring bring the female feelings into the whole thing. But how much feelings is there really? I've watched these women and they're heartless on these things. They're like, and then that's the ugly, other half of fat, look stupid, ugly, ugly, dumb, short, ugly. I'm like, oh my god, it's ruthless. No, I. Uh, what if I've, he's I've, got a fatty mind? I found both sides. You know, you go out and you, and you know you meet these people. You have the side that. You know, just was hoping you could be a gentleman and, and take 10 years to get to know them first. <laughs> or someone is. is just like, why are we talking this much? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. But, oh, wow. Um, usually also disappointing. There's a lot of disappointments. <laughs> People really know how to frame their photos just right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I met someone for Froyo once, and I was like, I did not think What did you just say? Froyo? Yeah. Froyo. Yogurt. Uh, Frozen oh, yogurt. That's not what I heard. What did you hear? I wasn't sure. Oh. But it okay. made me very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew what you were talking about. Uh, for frozen yogurt. And I was like, oh, this is cool. She's tindering me at 10.30 p.m. and she wants to go get frozen yogurt. And then that I got there sexual. and I was just like, oh, I'm not attracted to this woman. Oh, no. And then she just wanted to stay till like midnight. Oh. And I was like, How Well, that's I? what I was just thinking. If you're that, If you are that bird that's doing it for a meal ticket. Like, I don't care how expensive my meal is, if I'm sitting opposite someone who's dull or disgusting, surely I'd rather eat a Big Mac. Yeah. And by the way, that's not saying much because I do love a Big Mac. <laughs> Speaking of supersizing, I seriously walked out of that movie and wanted a Big Mac with barbecue sauce. I literally, how sad is it? I walked out, I actually went to see it with Amanda McKayley, who's the director of um, double dare. I walked out and I was like, is it wrong that I want a Big Mac combo with barbecue sauce? I felt She pretty... was like, it's it's so wrong, I don't think we can be friends. I walked out of An Inconvenient Truth and just spilled oil all over my, <laughs> my lawn after that. I was like, fuck you, Earth. <laughs> I think I just bled my car onto the pavement. Oh. <laughs> fuck you, Earth. That's a good one. <laughs> 
Zoe, uh, is there anything uh, in your day-to-day that's just been bugging you? In my day-to-day? Is there anything bothering you that you'd like to still work out for you? Like any uh, personal uh, baggage that you need sorting through? Oh, Lord. Um, Because we are definitely not trained therapists. (laughs) In matters of the Lord? Yes. Um, He's not bugging me. That's good. That'd be creepy. What if I said, yes, God's been bothering me? God, huh? Um, I hear that guy's a dick. We can't help you with that. What an asshole. And who does God call God? I was thinking about this the other day. Okay, so there's God. But that limits him to a being. I don't get it. I don't get this whole God thing. <laughs> you know what I don't It's like, what comes after the universe? That one will get me every time. Yep. Yeah, because there's the known universe, but then what's that, like, just one particle of a much greater... Is it just infinity? Did you guys ever watch Danger Mouse? Uh, a long time ago. No. Danger Mouse was a cartoon, he had a little sidekick called Penfold. Was he in the yellow awesome. costume with the red cape? <clears throat> no, he's a white mouse with, like, oh. a red and yellow belt and, I think... Either like a headband or an eye patch or something? No, I never saw Danger Mouse. Well, part of the process of the show was there was the narrator who was like, Danger Mouse and Penfold get on their next adventure and they blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and every now and then Danger Mouse would talk to the narrator and be like, well, I don't have a spaceship. So a, hand, a cartoon hand would come in and draw a spaceship. It was a genius, genius show. Um, but at one point, Penfold and Danger Mouse were busting through the universe, through space, and then he just went, what? and went off the page onto the blank page, and he was just they were just on a blank page. And the narrator was like, oh, crap, I haven't drawn that one yet. And the little eight, the little like six-year-old... That is way too existential. The, yeah. <laughs> seriously, the six-year-old of me was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> What is the blank page like? And ever since then, it's uh, that and black holes have just melted my mind. Oh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Danger Mouse did it to me. Uh, we were uh, still wide awake after watching Rays, so we uh, popped on Willy Wonka. Uh, I would have been worried if you'd slept through Rays. <laughs> like if you'd come out the other end feeling <laughs> dopey. Right. Right. <laughs> That would have been weird. Okay, Willy Wonka, the OG. Yeah, and that is a lot heavier a, a movie. I guess the Roald Dahl influences, obviously, even though he disowns that movie, come through. It was just like every joke was just for adults. And then there's this so sequence good. with him screaming in a tunnel at everyone, and there's like centipedes coming out of human eyeballs. I mean, that epic. messed with me when I was a kid. Did it? But it was one of... Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is one of my favorite movies as a kid. I love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But I would always fast forward. I don't know if you overheard me saying this last night. I would always fast forward through that beginning sequence when he, when um, his mother was singing to him, because I hated it so much. Oh yeah. Um. But uh, I just lost my train of thought because it feels very good. Keeps happening. <laughs> eh? No, yeah, that yeah. that's that scene would freak me out when I was a kid, but I. I would still watch it all the time, and my uncle gave me the VHS tape, and I watched it so many times, the tape... Burnt out? Burnt out, basically, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just spat itself out, couldn't watch it anymore, and I tried to bury it Aww, in the backyard. That's cute. <laughs> and, uh, I was like seven. My mom's like, what are you doing? You're like, Perry it died. Well, they call, uh, there's a term called kinder trauma. And kinder trauma is 
There's a website called kindertrauma.com, I believe. So when you get but a Kinder surprise and there's no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the chocolate? This but is traumatic. It's like those movies from your childhood that were meant for you, but they should not have been shown to you. Mm. Uh, like the scene in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure where large Marge's eyes pop out oh, of her head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's some fascinating things. Like Punky Brewster had a whole Halloween episode that is just way too fucked up for children. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Alf. Uh, what? Al- what Alf? was fucked up about Alf? Well, Alf uh, didn't officially uh, end during the season. It was canceled over the summer uh, when it was. So, like, it wasn't like the grand finale episode. It was just like, don't bring it back. And so, the last episode of the season they shot, Alf was surrounded by the government he's been talking about for years and years. And their words are like, we're going to kill you and dissect you. And then, like, that was the end of Alf. <gasps> Like the cliffhanger that never was unhung. Oh, God. And so, like, a whole bunch of kids are just like, so Alf, the moral of the story is Alf got dissected. Man, I'm glad I didn't see that episode. I loved Alf. I know. And there's the blooper reel on YouTube if you type in Alf as a racist. Uh, There was, like, this episode of L.A. Law with the guy who had Tourette's at the time when they were shooting. And uh, his Tourette's had to mail out the N-word a lot. And it was like a very big moment on network television because the N-word was being yelled like 10 times in one evening. On Elf? On, uh, no, on L.A. Law. Oh, but you just but said be- Elf. Uh, both, so, so bear with me. Oh. Uh, so on the set <laughs> bearing, of Elf, after, like, as this was in the zeitgeist, on the set of Elf, there's a lot of B-roll footage of Elf sitting there. Oh, uh, it looks time. like he's yelling the N-word over and over again, but he's obviously <laughs> quoting L.A. Law. <laughs> Oh. But it's like, it's been used so out of context that it's like, Alf is a racist. Oh and it's just God. like... Oh, that's so unfair. And it's But it's also yeah. hilarious because you see Alf saying the, hor- the most horrible things. <laughs> Sweet, cuddly Alf. I wonder why they wanted like, to dissect him. We'll have to post this on the Twitter feed so everyone can watch what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I want to see it. But uh, what were the traumatic movies besides Willy Wonka and Large March that sort of still, you're like, why was I shown this? Um, I didn't, I wasn't mm. that easily affected by it. I remember my friend watched Gremlins and it gave her nightmares and so I was like really freaked out to watch it and I watched it and didn't give me nightmares. I loved it. <laughs> Bless, Bless you. you. I think I felt that on my foot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she didn't. Um... But the one that I know still affects me is just, it's so boring, but it's Jaws. Jaws. Uh, and I don't remember being, like, traumatised at the time. I just constantly have a thing about when I can't see through the water below me. Well, Jaws didn't scare me. I actually thought it was sort of lame. I was like, this is it? There's a fish? Really? But then whenever I'd go swimming, like, at friends' houses or, you know... Yeah, that's I, what I mean. I couldn't go in the deep end because I was afraid I'd be eaten by a shark. Uh, my friend had a pool, and it had one of those self-regulating filters. You know, it's like uh-huh. that white thing with a creepy smiley face on it and a big no, tube hanging out Yeah, big tube. It used to scare the fuck out of me, that thing. I, like, I would find myself pretending like I was totally okay, but I'd be swimming <laughs> away from it the whole time <laughs> I was in the pool. Oh, I was way too fascinated. I'd, like, try to ride it like a surfboard or skateboard. Oh, man. No, this one just sucked around on the bottom of the pool like at any minute it was going to like change its mind and turn upwards and like <laughs> suck me <laughs> down into it. It was terrifying. What about oh. you? Was there any movie that really effed with you? I think Halloween. Because oh. I saw it when I was seven with uh, a girl who lived in my neighborhood. It was like 
six years older than me. Yeah. And uh, I spent the night at her house, and we watched that, which my mom would probably never wa let me watch. And we snuck into her attic the next day, and I just remember her screaming, "Oh my God, it's Michael Myers!" <laughs> and so I, I was, I was, a, I was a tomboy, so I like I moved fast. I was like. <laughs> Fuck this! And I just like <laughs> bolt. I just jumped straight. It was a you know it wasn't a real attic by any means where you could store things. It was just a crawl space mainly. So I just remember the the square for the crawl space was in her bedroom. No, that's all fine. The pins are taken out. And I just oh. dropped out of the square and and hung there. Uh, <laughs> I said, "Help me down!" I said, "Just jump." So I was like, like a great image of you being like, ah! and then being like, "Oh, no, hey, guys, you. guys, someone help me!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Mike Myers, could you give me a hand? <laughs> I saw Chucky, uh, a child's play. Oh, uh, was... Ch I'm not gonna lie, Chucky did freak me out a bit. And I was in the middle of uh, Colorado with my sister and my dad, and and I was, <sighs> I should not have been watching that movie. And, but I also noticed how scared my sister got and I had a really access, easy access to her bedroom window. So like at three in the morning, I'd, oh my God. I'd be outside like screaming oh, so Chucky. Evil. And then uh, for the next like, you know, five years, I buy these Chucky dolls and just randomly place them in her life. Oh, oh you're so uh, mean. And she had like this really cute stuffed animal trunk, you know, where all of And you just put a scary Chucky doll in there? Just put Chucky in the middle of it. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of awesome actually. <laughs> I did, I did, I see Nightmare on Elm Street, it never gave, like, it never made me afraid to go to sleep because of the nightmares and stuff, but I, but the images definitely played, but the one with the asthma attack where he just sucked all the air out of her for some reason got me. You know where he just sucks on her and she goes, and like inverts like a little balloon? I don't remember this. Really? No. I feel like it was a, a pretty black girl and she used to have, she had asthma. Maybe I made up my own <laughs> in my own dreams, <laughs> but he like put his mouth to her mouth and just like sucked all her breath out of her until mm. she was like in a balloon. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. As a kid, were you always sort of uh, while watching these these movies? Were you always sort of what what was the, what aspects were you drawn to the most? Like when because I read like when you were pretty young, you got into stunt work. It was. Did you always want to do a lot of the fighting and, and, and combat stuff, or was it the stories you liked, or what was what drew you to to this stuff? Um, to be honest, I, I know this makes me sound even stupider than I normally do, but like it just. I grew up on a small island. I basically didn't even wear clothes till I was seven. So like the concept of there being a movie business mm -hmm. was for I until I moved to the mainland when I was I think seven or eight. I only had seen Wizard of Oz uh, and Never Ending Story, I think, were the only two I'd really seen. Well, that movie will fuck you up, too. Oh, I love both this of them. This is the Swamp of Sadness that kills his horse. <laughs> oh, like, I mean. Who shows the other children? Yeah, totally. <laughs> love it. But yeah. Call my name, Sebastian. <laughs> Call my name. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just creep you out? I'm sorry. <laughs> and then a tr the... the uh, the Valcor is sort of a pedophile. He just smiles and giggles at him the whole time. Shut up, Valcor's oh. cute. I used to be called Valcor. I, I, I will I post a video on YouTube of Valcor looking really pedo. Just oh, hello. That's terrible. YouTube is ruining all of our childhood memories, David. I know. You're telling me Alf is a racist. Alf is I a racist. know. And what the hell? Valcor is a pedophile. I used to get called Blood Dragon because my nostrils are so flared. 
It's kind so of you, so you watched those movies and then you went to the mainland. Oh, yeah. So they would only be in, like, the local town hall would put up a sheet once every month or two and we'd watch a movie. So then when I made moved to the mainland, I discovered, like, I mean, I'd watch, we had video players and stuff on the island, but I don't know. I just sort of thought that the video shop was where, you know, the video stalk just dropped videos and then me and Jake had paid five bucks and pick one up. I never really thought about it. It never occurred to me I could work in the making of movies. Literally right up until I started doing martial arts, right before I started doing martial arts, I'd just finished doing gymnastics. And I met people that were stunt people. I was like, what does that mean? I, I just assumed they meant they were daredevils, which I love to watch Evil Knievel, mm-hmm. but I never, I never wanted to risk my life doing stuff. I, I like being alive far too much. Um, but then when I found out people were getting paid to fight and flip, I was like, what? You need to get me doing that, world. But in terms of movies that I used to love, I don't know. I just used to love the escape of any of them. I would watch fantasy, action. I love comedy. Any comedy that gets me laughing sort of subconscious, un, like unconsciously, you know, when you're just doing the, like, it's all you on your own and you're crying with laughter, that's my favourite. So uh, you've got Rays, and it's on iTunes. Yeah. And what else? Can, and DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. And what uh? What uh, What what else should we know about it? Um, you can get on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that feels good. Um, and ah, oh, there's heaps of um. I haven't personally seen the outtakes and the blooper reel. Um, but I'm excited to. And you can hear me drunk, so you'll be able to tell whether you think I'm drunk or not, because I was drinking whiskey during the commentary. Can people find you on Facebook or Twitter? Uh, yes, good thinking. They can find me on Instagram and Twitter, um, the real Zoe Bell, or at the real Zoe Bell. Okay. Sasha, anything you want to plug this week? <sighs> Stay safe out there, people. Not really, because this is like very, this feels very good right now. <sighs> Oh my god, I didn't even realize And you can be found at Sasha Gray on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. And you're on oh, Facebook. Oh, can I follow you then? Same. It's all my name. Will you follow me if I follow you? Oh, yeah. And uh, we're at, at Deep Tissues on Twitter and deeptissuespodcast.com if you want to see other links to Facebook and listen I'm to the show. I'm at Deep Tissues right now. Uh, and I'm at David Guy Levy and all those things. Thank you very much, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Stay hydrated. Don't forget to... Does this mean the massage has to stop? Just a little bit. Just a moment. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. 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 Did I hear you during the show say you had pins in your back? In my wrist. Oh. I oh. got shot out of the trailer on Kill Bill and missed the mat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds way funnier than it was. <laughs>